0: Now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 1 through 20. Here is some of what we'll be reading about in today's scripture. Now, from Mark's gospel, we learn that Jesus precipitated this conversation, this conversation we're about to read about, by asking the disciples what they had been discussing among themselves earlier. Jesus used a child To help his self-centered disciples get the point. We are not to be childish, you know, like the disciples arguing over petty issues. But childlike, with humble and sincere hearts. Now in what areas of your life do you tend to struggle with childishness? And in what ways are you making progress with childlikeness? The disciples had become so preoccupied with the organization of Jesus' earthly kingdom that they had lost sight of its divine purpose. Instead of seeking a place of service, they sought positions of advantage. It's easy to lose our eternal perspective and compete for promotions or status in the church. It's difficult but healthy to identify with children, you know, weak and dependent people with no status or influence. Now, children are trusting by nature because they trust adults. They're easily led to faith in Christ. God holds parents and other adults accountable for how they influence these little ones. Jesus warned that anyone who turns little children away from faith in Him will receive some severe punishment. Now, when someone wrongs us, we often do the opposite of what Jesus recommends. We turn away in hatred or resentment. We seek revenge or engage in gossip. By contrast, we should go to that person first as outlined here today in scripture. As difficult as that may be, go to them first, and then we should forgive that person as often as he or she needs. This will create a much better chance of restoring the relationship. And now let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. January 27th. The New Testament. Matthew chapter 18 verses 1 through 20. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me, but if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. What sorrow awaits the world, because it tempts people to sin. Temptations are inevitable, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting. So if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand or one foot than to be thrown into eternal fire with both of your hands and feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Beware that you don't look down On any of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly Father. If a man has a hundred sheep, and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety nine others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the ninety nine that didn't wander away. In the same way, It is not my Heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again, so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then, if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. I tell you the truth whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For were two or three gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. Psalm 22, verses 19 through 31. This is a plea from the psalmist to uh, entreat God to stay very close. God is our ever present help in time of trouble, and we want Him to keep us safe. So we uh, ask the Lord to save us from violence. And then, when we do this, the psalmist says, I'm going to uh, tell other people who you are, especially my brothers and sisters. And even when I go to church, or in this case, the synagogue, I'm going to uh, proclaim you to all the assembled people. This psalm also talks about the fear of the Lord. You know, when you fear the Lord, you don't fear anything else. But if you do not fear God, there are a lot of other things to be truly afraid of. It's all about praise and fulfilling vows. That is making and keeping promises that we make to the Lord. And this psalm here today uh, talks about seeking the Lord and praising Him with hearts full of rejoicing and everlasting joy. It uh, talks about the rich here on this planet, uh, feasting and worshiping and bowing before God. He hears us when we pray, and He will act on our behalf. Psalm 22 Verses 19-31 through 31. O Lord, do not stay far away. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Save me from the sword. Spare my precious life from these dogs. Snatch me from the lion's jaws and from the horns of these wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Praise the Lord, all you who fear Him. HONOR HIM, ALL YOU DESCENDANTS OF JACOB. SHOW HIM REVERENCE, ALL YOU DESCENDANTS OF ISRAEL. FOR HE HAS NOT IGNORED OR BELITTLED THE SUFFERING OF THE NEEDY. HE HAS NOT TURNED HIS BACK ON THEM, BUT HAS LISTENED TO THEIR CRIES FOR HELP. I WILL PRAISE YOU IN THE GREAT ASSEMBLY. I WILL FULFILL MY VOWS IN THE PRESENCE OF THOSE WHO WORSHIP YOU. THE POOR WILL EAT AND BE SATISFIED. ALL WHO SEEK THE LORD WILL PRAISE HIM. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to Him. All the families of the nations will bow down before Him. For royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all the nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship, bow before Him, all who are mortal, all whose lives will end as dust. Our children will also serve Him future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. They will hear about everything He has done. Proverbs chapter 5 verses 15 through 21 Drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs in the streets, having sex with just anyone? You should reserve it For yourselves, never share it with strangers. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an immoral woman or fondle the breasts of a promiscuous woman? For the Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path he takes.
1: Uh, Justin Bender, uh, age 32. Um, I've got three kids, uh, 11, 7, and 5. Um, I came from uh, a broken home. Uh family, you know, got divorced. Um my mother was an alcoholic. Uh you know started doing drugs when I was around fifteen years old. Um ever since then it's been a struggle. Uh you know, just led to more and more and more basically. And uh you know, it was never enough. Uh, I was trying to fill the void, you know, that wasn't there. Um I don't know. Uh when I was uh let's see up until last year, um I actually uh got into some trouble. Um I got a, a felony possession charge. Um and uh I did a I did uh about you know, eight months in the county jail. Um I did a lot of, you know, reading and investigating, you know, with the word. Um and uh you know, I didn't really apply it once I got out. Um, you know, I, I stayed out of jail for about 3 months um and went right back for another 4. Um, and uh my probation officer came to me and uh you know, I talked to her about uh religion and she had mentioned uh, you know, the refuge to me and um yeah it it was a blessing um i came in uh 30 days ago um i'm about about to phase up to the second phase um i went down there you know broken um hopeless um, and uh i got filled with the holy spirit um it was the one of the greatest feelings i've ever felt in my life uh conquered all highs that's for sure um, Yeah, you know, I can't wait to, uh, you know, start building relationships with my family and my children and my friends again. Uh, God bless. Thank you.
2: Again, I say amen, and it's still raining, but as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain, I'm with you, and as your mercy falls, I'll raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. I will praise you in this storm And I will lift my hands You are who you are No matter where I am And every tear I've cried You hold in your hand You never left my side And though my heart is torn I will praise you in this storm Almost gone How can I carry on If I can't Find you but As the thunder rolls I barely hear You whisper through the rain I'm with you And as your mercy falls I'll raise my hands And praise the God who gives takes away.
3: Good morning. This is Mike Wells, Phase 1 pastor. I'm going to be reading the devotion from Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. The title of the devotion for today is Be Reconciled. Matthew chapter 5 verse 24. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way, but first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. The devotion says, It is useless to give offerings to God while you are at enmity with your brother or at odds with your brother. Jesus said that his followers should be reconciled with anyone who has something against them. The world seeks reconciliation on limited terms, but Christians are to be reconciled whatever it takes. You say, but you don't know how deeply he hurt me. It's unreasonable to ask me to restore our relationship. Or, I tried, but she would not be appeased. Jesus did not include an exception clause for our reconciliation. If the person is an enemy, Jesus said to love him in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. If he persecutes you, you are to pray for him. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, it also says that. If she publicly humiliates you, you are not to retaliate. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 39 says this. If someone takes advantage of you, you are to give even more than he asks. And it says that in Matthew chapter five, verse 41, the world preaches, assert yourself. But Jesus taught, deny yourself. The world warns that you will be constantly exploited. Jesus's concern was not that his disciples be treated fairly, but that they show unconditional love to the others, regardless of how they were treated. Men spit upon Jesus, and they nailed him to the cross. But Christ's response was our model. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. In Luke 23, verse 34. If there were ever a command that is constantly disobeyed, it is this mandate, to be reconciled. We comfort ourselves with the thought God knows that I try to make things right, but my enemy refused. But God's word says this, or does not say this. Try to be reconciled. But his word does say, be reconciled. Is there someone with whom you need to make peace? Then do what God tells you to do. Be reconciled.
4: A glimpse of the splendor in the corner of my eye, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, and it was like a flash of lightning reflected off the sky, and I know I'll never be the same.